Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us in our series, Easter, The Jesus Way. Jesus is our ultimate example for how we should live our lives. In this series, we are looking at Jesus' ministry, from His calling to His victory over the grave. We are walking alongside His journey to the cross, to His death and burial, and then to His resurrection. Each week, we will be deep diving into chapters 15 through 21 of the Gospel of John, leading us all the way to celebrate Christ's victory over the grave on Easter Sunday. Now let's tune in. Church family, it's so great to be together today. Welcome right here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. And so glad that we can worship our great God together. And welcome back to spring. I love spring. I love the sunshine. It just makes you just feel so good. And man, I just love this time of year. We're coming out of the darkness of winter and the death of winter and into spring and the new life. So much I love about spring. I love spring break. Uh, I love March Madness. Except my bracket's not doing real well. But anyway, I don't know if anybody's is. But, you know, it's just a fun time. It's an amazing time. And the new life and the excitement. But what I love most about spring is Easter. And we celebrate. And as Christ followers, this is our go time, man. This is our time that we get to celebrate Jesus' death, his burial, but his resurrection. And we are celebrating him today and worshiping him. Now, we've been in this great Easter series, right? It's this Easter series called The Jesus Way. And we've been walking with Jesus to the cross. And we've been seeing all this drama unfold and how God called Jesus and used Jesus to change the world in the hope that we have in Christ. And so we see that Jesus came and he lived and he died for you and for me. But not just that we can have eternal life. Praise be to God for eternal life. But also to show us the way to live today. To show us how we can make decisions and become more like Christ. To live with the peace and the hope, and the joy, and the purpose of God in our own lives today. And so that's what we've been talking about. How do we live the Jesus way? How do we live in everyday decisions of our life and so that our life looks more like Christ? Because we all have decisions that we make every single day. I remember several years ago, we were taking our family. We were going on a spring break trip. And so I had this great idea. We were going to South Carolina and I know Atlanta traffic is just nuts. And so I thought, okay, well, we'll leave after school or after I get home from work and then we'll drive and we'll get through Atlanta and then we'll sleep on the other side, right? I knew it was gonna be a late night, but I thought, hey, let's do it. And so we had three small kids at the time and anytime you're traveling with small kids, it's like you're moving, right? I mean, there's like bags of stuff and you're loading in the car and you're getting all the electronics, you're getting everything. And, and I always think I need to write two thank you notes. One, whoever created the personal DVD player so they can watch movies in the car, life changer, way to go. And whoever put wheels on suitcases, way to go. Whoever you are, I'm just going to write you a thank you note because game changer. So when, especially when you have a bunch and you're pulling them out to the driveway, you're getting loaded in the car. 
And so we take off and we're heading out and we go and I have this great plan in my mind. See, I'm kind of one of those people that just likes to go. I don't like to stop, right? I, I like, if we're gonna get there, let's go and kind of set record time and let's head that way, you know? So we take off and I'm thinking, okay, I could get over the mountain, you gotta go over the mountain, right? And get into Chattanooga, fill up at Chattanooga and then we'll just take off and maybe the kids will fall asleep and it's just gonna be utopia, you know? So here we go, right? And that's what I'm thinking. And so I have this great plan in my mind and we take off and we head and we've been there before so we don't have navigation, we're just kind of heading off and we're going, we come over the mountain, coming into Chattanooga, and then right about that turn there, my light comes on, on gas. I'm like, perfect. You know, I'm just dominating this trip. I'm gonna pull in the gas station. We're gonna save so much time. I'm just gonna keep going. But then we come around this other curve, and I'm gonna exit, and then all of a sudden I realize everybody stopped, right? I mean, it is just bumper to bumper, and I pull around, I'm like, ah, you know, and Lisa's pulling out her phone, she's hitting it, you know, and it's saying, rerouting, rerouting, I'm like, hurry up, you know, and so in this moment, I just exit, I just exit, but there's no gas station there, and so it comes around under the interstate, and I come up to this stop sign, and, and all the people in front of me are turning right, and we're like going, hurry up on our phones, and nothing's like clicking in, and now I'm pulling up, and I got a decision to make. Right, I can go right, but I'm looking at right, and that's going back on the interstate. Everybody stopped. My gas light's on. I got three kids in the back, and I'm thinking, but man, I can see a little bit as it's rerouting that I could go straight, and I think, I think it's going to pull me around. Now, I know I'm going that way. I know I'm going southeast, so if I can just kind of keep going that way. But have you ever thought, how much time do I really have when that gas light comes on? Anybody? <laughs> I always kind of play that game. I'm like, yeah. And so I just have this split moment because people are behind me. And so I go, okay, I'm going for it, going straight. And so I go straight. And so I'm going and I'm driving around for about 15, 20 minutes. Lisa is looking at me and I'm looking at her. And I'm like, just pray. You know, it's like, we're just going to pray because I got three kids back there and they're sleeping, you know, and I'm thinking in my mind, if it was me, I could walk, I could figure this out. But with them, now what am I gonna do, you know? And so here we come around and we're going, we're going, and we're just trying to get any service out there in the middle of the woods. And I'm just going, okay, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. And we finally, we came around this curve and it was like, whoa, you know, and right there was a gas station. I was like, yes, you know, and I pull in, I fill up, and then we kind of pulled out and we came back around the interstate and we missed all of it. It was like this you know, construction was happening, a wreck was happening. We pulled up online. It was like people were sitting for three hours on the interstate. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And so we got around and we kept going. But I always remember coming up to that stop sign and just thinking, I've got a split second. I got to make a decision, you know, and what am I going to do? And I think it's so many times in our lives, right? We have these moments that we got to make a decision. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond? And if we don't know where we're going, right, then we're just going to kind of look at where everybody else is going. Everybody's going, okay, they're going that way. Maybe I should go that way. Maybe that's the way I should live. And yet inside, God has blessed us with the Holy Spirit. And God has said, hey, for you, you have wisdom and discernment. And you trust me. I will protect you. I will provide. Follow me. Follow me. And the Jesus way is countercultural. But I want to tell you the Jesus way is living life to the full. The Jesus way is learning to trust and learning to grow. And that's what God calls each of us to. It's an adventure. And there's twists and there's turns. But man, God is faithful. And that's what I want you to see today. So if you have a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. We've been walking through the gospel of John, right? And we've been doing that in our daily step. We've been walking in through the series 
And here's the thing about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all about Jesus, right? All about Jesus. But every one of them, about halfway through, they start making that turn to get into Holy Week, right? And so John chapter 12, Jesus comes in on that Palm Sunday. Next week, Palm Sunday, it's gonna be awesome. You don't wanna miss, it's gonna be powerful. But we'll see that, you know, as Jesus comes in, in John chapter 12, John chapter 13, Jesus shares the Passover meal with his disciples. And that's when Judas goes out to betray Jesus. He leaves, right? One of his own goes out to betray him. And then John chapter 14, Jesus makes that incredible statement, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. John chapter 15, Jesus is telling his disciples, remain, 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 remain in me. You're gonna see everybody scatter. You're gonna see everybody walk away from me. But you hold on, you stay strong, even when you go through the hardships. In John chapter 16, Pastor Mike did a great job just talking about that. Jesus said, listen, I've overcome the world. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what struggle you're going through, but I want to tell you this, Jesus is greater. Hold on to him, trust him, follow him, everything in you. Last week, Pastor Chase did a great job in John chapter 17, talking about Jesus' prayer. So this is his final prayer with his disciples right there, right before it all goes down on this Monday, Thursday, right? And Jesus prays for himself that he would glorify God. He prays for his disciples and then he prays for us. He prays for all those who will believe in him. We'll be strong in the Lord instead, fast in him. We will be one. And then we get to John chapter 18. Wow, what a chapter. And everything turns right here. It says in chapter 18, verse one, we had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden and he and his disciples went into it. Okay, so we do a biblical study tour to Israel every couple of years. We're gonna go back in 24. And so we'll go back in October, November. And if you've never been, at some point, I'd love for you to go. But you can stand up there on Mount Zion, Jerusalem, right? Built on this hill. You come down through the Kidron Valley and then you go up the Mount of Olives, all right? So from the Mount of Olives, you can look back at Jerusalem. You can still even see today in the, in the walls there and you can see the Eastern Gate where the Messiah is gonna come back through. But Jesus is over here on the Mount of Olives and he's there, and there have been a lot of people spending the night staying over there. But Jesus goes into this garden, this place where he would go often with his disciples. And it says, now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met with his disciples there. So Jesus came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priest and the Pharisees, and they were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Okay, so now it's at night. And Jesus is there praying in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And here comes this detachment of soldiers. We know from the other gospels, it says a cohort, which for the Roman legion would be 6,000 soldiers. So a cohort is one-tenth. So you're talking about 600 soldiers. They're coming with lanterns and with torches to arrest Jesus. It's at night, so they can't really see. So Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, didn't take him off guard, right? Knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked him, who is it you want? So you can picture the scene, right? He's with his disciples praying. He hears everybody coming. They got their torches and Jesus kind of steps out. Says, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he. Now, when he said that, there's power in that statement right there. I am is the very name of God. You go back to Exodus and when God revealed his name to Moses, 
Moses said, who shall I tell Pharaoh who sent me? And he says, tell him I am who I am. And so now Jesus, God, right? I am he. And Jesus said this. And Judas, the traitor, was standing there with them. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Wow. You imagine? I mean, just all 600 soldiers, everybody laid out on the ground and Jesus is standing there. Again, he asked him, who is it you want? Uh, Jesus of Nazareth. You, know, you can imagine these guys laying on the ground, like looking up, like, oh, what are we gotten into? What's happening here? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. Jesus had even been prophesied that not one of those disciples, right, would be taken. Jesus is always protecting us. Always think about that. He's always protecting you. Let them, let them go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of these that you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Peter, you know, here's the thing about Peter, right? He's, he's just impetuous. He just always does these things. I think that's why we can relate to him. We're like, yeah, he had the courage, but what are you doing, man? Right? You know, he's like, pulls out a sword. He's like, well, take him on, you know? And he, he swings. He's a lot better fisherman than swordsman, right? And he, he just kind of hits this guy, takes off his ear, and Jesus is looking at him like, really? Really? I mean, like, come on, man. Like, you know, I would be leading this thing. I'm not having my sword out. You know, what are you doing? But Jesus takes the ear and he heals the servant's ear. We know that from the other gospels. And I love that, just that moment of compassion, even right there for all people. And Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink from the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with his commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas, who was the one that had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Now, Caiaphas had said that because there was an uproar in Jerusalem, right? Jesus, the Messiah, and everybody's running after Jesus. And Caiaphas had kind of said, hey, it'd be better for one man to die than for the Romans to come down on all of us Jews. But look at what God was doing. It would be better if one man died for the people. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. Jesus was dying for you. He was dying for all the people. It was all playing out right here, right now in this Easter season. And that's what we're seeing with this Jesus way. Peter goes on, he denies Jesus three times. Three times, Peter, who had been with Jesus, denies him over and over again. Jesus is taken. There's six trials that happened in the middle of the night, which was totally against Jewish law, by the way. They should not even be doing this, right? Against their own law, even at Passover. But Jesus is taken to Annas, who used to be the high priest, and now his son-in-law, Caiaphas, is the high priest. He goes to Annas, then he goes to Caiaphas, then he's taken over to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin says, hey, you blaspheme, you're saying that you're God. He's like, I am, I am the Messiah. I'm the one everybody's been waiting for. That's why the whole city is a buzz, right? But it threatens them, and so they take him to Pilate. See, the Jews cannot enact capital punishment. So they have to go to the Romans and they go to Pilate and Pilate, you know, sees him and says, I don't find any guilt in this guy. So he sends him over to Herod Antipas and Herod like sends him back over to Pilate. And then at the end of chapter 18, you have this confrontation right there between Pilate and Jesus, right there eye to eye. And Pilate's really the one on trial. 
Pilate, what do you believe about Jesus? Will you live the Jesus way? And that's what we're gonna find out today. So if you're taking notes today, I just wanna invite you to pull out a worship guide. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. But I'd love for you to see today as we unpack here in John chapter 18 and the greatest event in all of history is unfolding right here. Look at this. Robert Frost wrote, two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. It's made all the difference. What will we choose? Jesus lived his life on mission. Jesus lived his life on mission. Everything in the Gospels has been leading up to this moment right here, right? Jesus' healing, Jesus' teaching, Jesus' redemption, Jesus' love, all of that leading to this moment. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. See, there's people who would say, oh, Jesus was a, a, was a victim, right? They found Jesus. They arrested Jesus. No, <laughs> Jesus was not a victim. Jesus knew exactly what was happening. Jesus willingly gave his life. And that is so important for us, right? Jesus stepped forward and gave his life. If you go back to Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, right? You can come back here. And God created man for a relationship with him. So if you ever wonder, why am I created? Why am I on this earth? You were created for a relationship with God. And that's why life doesn't make sense until you get this relationship right. We try to fill it with everything else in our lives. But it doesn't. And we got to start here. Well, everything's good in the Bible for two chapters, right? Man's in right relationship with God in the Garden of Eden, in right relationship in the marriage, Adam and Eve. And then Genesis 3, man sins. Man sins. And the wages of sin is death. And so what starts then is the whole sacrificial system, right? An animal must die. An animal must die. And then over and over and over again, all the way until Jesus. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus comes and he lives 33 sinless years, sinless years. And he comes to pay the price for you and for me because we've all sinned. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. And it should have been every one of us on that cross separated from God for eternity. But Jesus willingly comes and gave his life for us. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. So this is the garden we're in, right? The Garden of Gethsemane. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. In that garden, Jesus knew, here's the cross. Is there another way? <laughs> no, it's not another way. The only other way is for you and I to pay our own price. But Jesus says, not as I will, but you will. Hey, here's the question for you. What is the mission of your life? You ever thought about that? You know, we're all heading a direction in our life, right? We all have to make decisions on that overarching mission of our life. And for a lot of people, your overarching mission may be money. All right, I got to make a lot of money. I'm on this path. I'm on this track. I know where I want to be by the time I'm 40. I know how much I need in by the time I'm 50. I, I've got a number and I'm heading that way. Man, that's it. I'm on a mission, right? And maybe for you, maybe for you, it's pleasure. Right? You're like, man, I want to travel. I want to do everything this world has to offer. I want to hit it all. You know, and maybe for you, it's career. I know where I want to be at this point in my career. I know where I want to go. And, and you, everybody has this overarching mission. Maybe for you, it's, it's kids or the number of kids. And, and all those things are fine at some level. <laughs> but none of those will ultimately satisfy, right? 
Nobody ever gets to this point financially and goes, I got enough money, did it, it's awesome. Till the stock market changes, right? And then all of a sudden, oh, I got half of what I had, you know? It's like, whoa, what happened right there? And we begin to see that, right? There's always another pleasure. There's always another thing. There's always something else. And that's why in our lives, we have to come to the point and go, man, I can live the way of the world. That's what everybody's running after. I can live the way of Jesus. And I can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then God says, all these other things will be added unto you. I'll take care of those things. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. You'll be okay. Hang in there. But man, you follow me. What is the mission of your life? What is it? What drives you through the day? What do you get up and go, man, I'm going to go. You know what? The early church was known for this. They were known as followers of the way. Before Christians were ever called Christians, the church was called followers of the way. People recognized in them, they were like, hey, there's something different in the way they live. There's something different about the mission of their life. There's something different. And as Christ followers, may our mission be to know God and to do his will. To know God and to do his will. What if we wake up every day and go, man, God, I just want to know you more today. And God, I want to do your will. How can you use me? How can I bless others? How can I encourage others? God, yes, I want to do great in my career. God, yes, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy. God, you've blessed me in so many ways, and I want to have a great life. But God, I want my life to matter. I want to make a difference. I want to live my life for you. That's what I want to do. See, many times we try to accomplish God's will our way. You ever been there? (laughs) We all have at certain points in our life. That's why we love Simon Peter. Simon Peter, who had the sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear, and Jesus commanded Peter, put the sword away. Shall I not drink from the cup the Father has given me? There's a greater purpose here. There's a greater mission here. See, Peter, (laughs) Peter took matters into his own hands instead of trusting Jesus. We do that sometimes, don't we? (laughs) God, I know the plan you have for me, and, uh, but it seems like it's taking you a little long, God, you know, so maybe I can help you out, right? And maybe you're dating. Maybe you want to be married or you want to be remarried, right? And in your life, you're like, okay, God, it's ticking. Let's go. Let's go. You know, where are all the good guys, right? Where are all the good girls? Where, where are they, right? And you're like, okay, well, maybe God, if you're not going to come through, I'll just kind of go the way of the world. I'll lower my standards. I'll just kind of do what everybody else is doing to get somebody. And God's going, would you trust me? I care deeply about you. Don't lower your standards. You want somebody who's going to love me. You want somebody who's going to love, love me with all their heart, and then they can love you, and you want to have a godly marriage. You want to have a godly relationship. Hold on. Trust me. Oh, but God, hold on. See, sometimes look at this. We, we, we try to solve our problems our own way. Even with Jesus standing right there. Here's Peter. Jesus is standing right there. Peter's like, let's go, you know. But we do that, right? We do that sometimes in our marriage. I don't know if you guys know this, but sometimes disagreements happen in marriage. And I'm just kidding. I know all of us, right? When you're married, there's some disagreements that are going to happen. There's some things that are going to come. And you have this moment where you have to make a decision. Am I going to fight like the world? (laughs) Or am I going to do marriage Jesus' way? Am I going to say some things that I'll later regret? Am I going to say some things that are going to do some damage? Or am I going to say, hold on, hold on, listen. We're on the same team. I love you. I care about you. Let's pray about this. Let's get through this together. 
Let's do that. You see, sometimes we just want to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to be right, you know, and, and that's what the world does. I'm going to be, be, beat you down so I can make myself feel better. And you're like, no, 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 stop. Jesus is going, hold on. I'm right here. I'm right here. Would you pray? Would you trust? Would you follow? It's different. I know, but I'm going to tell you, you want to have a godly marriage. You want a marriage that lasts 50 years or 60 years. You want to be those old people in those rocking chairs, you know, like, I still love you. You know, how great. You know, that's what you're building. And so every decision you make, are you building that? Are you building that? Are you building that? And that's what we have to think about in our lives. You know, sometimes other ways, right? The world, man, we're going to solve it with alcohol. Excessive alcohol, I'm just going to numb myself so I don't have to think about the things going on in my life. And we can start to go that direction instead of going, wait a minute, hold on. I need to get help. I need to get help. I want to be honest. I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I want to be who God created me to be. I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to share what's really going on in my heart in my life. I'm not going to do it the world's way. I'm going to do it the Jesus way. See, here's the thing, guys. We could try to fight when we should pray. And when you pull up those stop signs in your life and you have to make those decisions, hey, you can either go out of the internal carnal man and go, ah, oh, or you can go, hold on, let me take a breath, let me pray. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? God, what do you want me to say? How do I need to live today? And that's the important part for all of us. Look at this one. We too can deny Jesus. You know, Peter, he, he wasn't perfect. He was impetuous. But Peter, he made some mistakes. He made some mistakes. And like this one, you aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? She asked, the servant girl asked Peter after Jesus had been arrested. And he replied, I am not. Man, don't you know as Peter denied Jesus, there was that moment of like, ah. Oh. The third time we know from the other gospels that Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was being brought out from the Sanhedrin heading toward Pilate across this walkway. Peter's in the courtyard and Jesus looks at him and their eyes lock in that moment. And Peter is broken. He's broken. What have I done? And you're thinking, Peter, you're one of Jesus' disciples. See, all of us are going to make mistakes, guys. There's going to be times that we're going to mess up. There's going to be times we're going to make mistakes. But the question is, how do I respond from that? Maybe there's some times in your life when you look back and you go, oh, there were times, man, I was at this party or I was at this work thing and I could have stood up. I could have said it. I could have done it. And I didn't. I backed away. But you don't live in the guilt in the past. See, the Jesus way is counter to the world's way. And we have to know that. We have to understand that. We have to know that living for Jesus means I'm going to look a little different than the world. Right? I, I, everything in my life's not going to just look exactly like the world. There ought to be some things that are different. There ought to be people who go, you know, wow, why do you raise your kids that way? Why is church such a priority for you? Why are you guys here? And that's the opportunity to share faith, right? Why do you serve? Why do you pray? Why do you give? Why do you do this? It's, it's different. But you know what? They're looking for that. Looking for help and looking for hope. And they ought to be looking at us. Here's the thing. Will you be bold for Jesus today? Not pulling the sword and cutting off people's ear, right? But just standing and knowing God is with me. God is for me. And not living in the past and the brokenness and the hurt and the pain. You know, I, I think about this. I contrast this in throughout this whole story, right? Judas 
sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Judas running after the way of the world, thinking money's going to solve the problems. Jesus, you didn't come through in my timing, right? You know, here you got arrested, and, but maybe it's money, it's money. And then what does Judas do? He's broken over it. He realizes, oh, what have I done? This man's innocent. He takes it, he throws the money back at the chief priest and says, I don't want it. But in his life, he doesn't get over that guilt. He doesn't come back to Jesus to ask for forgiveness or repentance. But Peter, who denies Jesus, who has that moment, he's broken, he's sobbing. But in John chapter 21, oh, it's such a beautiful chapter. We'll see it on the week after Easter. Jesus comes to Peter. And Peter comes to Jesus and just goes, I blew it. I messed up. And Jesus is like, hey, do you love me? It's okay. It's okay. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you. And from that moment forward, Peter lives with this boldness. Peter lives with this truth that Jesus is with him and for him. Guys, don't live in the past. God's redeeming you. God's restoring you. God's writing a new story in your life. We were talking to our community group the other week, and, and we were talking about how so many people and some people in our group, they grew up in this tradition, this religious tradition that they always felt like God was mad at them. Maybe that's you. They always felt like every time I made a mistake, every time I went the wrong way and made a wrong turn, God was mad and ready to punish me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What you see is a God of grace. What you see is a God of mercy. What you see is a God of love. What if we woke up every day, not thinking God was mad at us, but knowing that God loved us, knowing that God is with us, knowing that God is for us, knowing that God says, you follow me. I've got a great plan for you. And that's what Peter did. He repented and he came back to Jesus. Look at this. Jesus is the way and the truth. The truth. What is truth, retorted Pilate. As Jesus is standing there face to face with Pilate. Pilate, the Roman governor, right? And in that moment, Pilate is having to make a decision. He's having to make a decision, which way am I going to go? For Pilate, man, I mean, his whole life had been about career. He married the granddaughter of Caesar Augustus, that kind of helps, right? So he marries her, and he's promoted, promoted, promoted. He's after money, success, career. But in this moment, he's staring Jesus right in the face. Is he going to hand him over to be crucified? He says, I find nothing wrong with this man. He's an innocent man. His own wife sends him a note and says, have nothing to do with him. I had a dream about him. Guys, well, listen to our wives, right? I mean, like, wow. But Pilate doesn't. He knows. He's right there in that moment. He's looking at Jesus. He says, what is truth? And here's the fact. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. There has to be truth in your life. There has to be truth in my life. What am I living for? What really matters? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. That's what we've been talking about. But he also said, I am the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, we live in a world where we would say, you know what, all roads lead to heaven, right? Just do whatever you want. It's all fine. It's all going to work out. It's fine. Just live for yourself. Live for the things of this world. But the fact is, it's not right. Jesus even said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I've come to pay the price for every one of you. I love you that much. John 3, 17. We all know John 3, 16. But you know John 3, 17? John 3, 17 says, For God sent his son to the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We're already condemned. 
We've already sinned, every one of us. We've already blown it. So Jesus comes to save us. It is the good news. It is the gospel. And Pilate is standing right there face to face and having to make a decision. <laughs> See, truth is not subjective. There's a lot of people that say, oh, well, just believe whatever you want to believe. You know, it's just fine, whatever you want to believe. And, and then we kind of go, yeah, okay, everybody can believe what they want to believe until you go, you know, I believe it's okay to steal. Well, as long as you don't steal my stuff, right? You know, like, hold on, time out. Oh, I believe it's okay to murder. Really? Uh, I don't know about that, right? And so we realize there's got to be truth. And Jesus is truth. And Jesus is love. And Jesus is grace. What do we believe? Pilate had to choose between the world's way and the Jesus way. <laughs> and so do we. And there comes a moment for every one of us. What do I believe? What do I believe? And once we say, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, once we come to that moment, we go, I gotta confess my sins. Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life. I'm gonna follow you. Then there's these times, am I gonna be following the world's way? Or am I gonna be following the Jesus way? What decisions will I make? Several years ago, there was a baseball player named Howard Johnson, and he was a, a great baseball player, but he engraved on his bat, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, and it says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And here he is, a baseball player, you know, making a lot of money, and he's just like, you know what? <laughs> I want to live for the things of God. I want to live for the things of God. And I pray that for all of us. You know, we just got back from a mission trip with our church and I was there, Lisa, my wife and I, and two of our daughters, Mabry and Kate, and we went down to the Amazon. You know, we had mission trips going out from our church all over spring break. And, and so in the Amazon, we have a boat. You know, we started Justice and Mercy International, a nonprofit about 15 years ago. And, and we have a boat down there called the Splendor. And so you get in the boat, right? We sleep in hammocks at night. And so you go from village to village and you're sleeping in hammocks and you wake up and you're in a new village. And uh, it's incredible, and you just get to see the beauty of creation. We have a guide who every now and then will jump in the Amazon and come out with a caiman, a little alligator, you know, <laughs> pass it around for all of us. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just a stunning place. But we went to, there's our team, and we have 27 of us, then we have about 30 Brazilians who are all in the boat together, all sleeping in hammocks. We get really close to each other. Uh, but they love Jesus, and it's just amazing. And we go down with doctors and dentists, and we work in the villages of our pastors, so here's Pastor Zehumundo and his wife, and they are the most loving. These pastors are the gatekeepers in their community. They know where all the special needs children are. They know where the people, the widows, they know where people who need help and hope. And so we pull in and we have our students will go out and work with kids there. We take food boxes into the villages. We go, we have doctors and we have nurses on board and we have dentists. And one of the dentists, Marcelo, you see him there at the very end. Uh, and Marcelo is a, as a dentist there in Manaus. And he went with us and, and I mean, he just had this incredible week. And we had at every dental clinic, I mean, there's a line around the house and on the boat and ministering to these people, pulling teeth. Some of our people were about pulling teeth, but just loving on them. They're, they're so happy. They've never seen a dentist to many of these people in these villages. And we're able to tell them about Jesus and the joy that they have. And the last night we're sitting around and Marcelo said this. He said, you know what? 
He said, I've grown up in Manaus all my life. I've been very successful as a dentist. Somebody invited me to come and I came this week. And he said, when we went to that church and we had that worship service, I couldn't stop crying. He said, my grandmother took me to church until I was eight years old. And then my grandmother passed away and I just hadn't been back in church. And he said, but when I'm sitting in that church and I just realized all that God's done, he said, I wept for 30 minutes. I just wept. And here I am in my forties. And I just thought, I want to live for Jesus. I gave my life to Christ when I was a kid and I just missed it. And now I want to live every day for him. Every day. When we got back to Manaus, he, he brought his family to dinner that night because he's like, I want them to get plugged in. I want them to know about this. Everybody who went on our trip, they just came back and they were going, look, some of these people have nothing and yet there was a joy in these pastors. There was a joy in these people that we haven't even seen. And I'm like, that's Jesus. <laughs> They're living it. Will we? Will you? It's so easy to get caught up in the world. Oh, it's so easy. The temptations come to us every day. And the question is, the question is, will you live your life the Jesus way? And will you watch God do miracles in your own heart, in your own life? I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. Maybe today, maybe today you just feel like, man, I'm pulling up to a stop sign right now. And I got to make a decision. And maybe it's salvation. Maybe in your life, you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe you've never given your heart. How about today? Say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I've gotten off track. I've been living for all kinds of other things. I want to follow you. I want to know you. You're the one who created me. I want to have a deep abiding joy. I want to have love. I want to have peace in my life. Oh, God, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Restore me. Maybe God's calling you to be baptized, you know. Just like Ryan this morning. I'm going to take that step of obedience. I want to be public. Maybe for you, maybe there's some areas you're compromising. Maybe it's in your dating life. And you just know that's not what God wants for me. Will you trust him? Maybe in your marriage, there's some tension. Right now, today, would you just go, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my spouse. I'm going to pray for my kids. God, I want you to be the Lord of my home. I want you to be the Lord of my heart. So, Father, here we are, your disciples today. God, we want to live the Jesus way. The world calls to us every moment, every moment to live with, for things that don't satisfy. But Jesus, we want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for willingly giving your life so that we didn't have to. That we wouldn't be eternally separated from you. That we could be with you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done in our hearts and our lives. And we give you our lives and we give you our praise. In the name of Jesus, we respond and we worship right now. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with someone in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.